Today's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to your most favorite show ever, Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. With me as ever, the man whose show you should be streaming, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. The man whose favorite show you should also be streaming through your ears, Derek Van Hey, watch Turn, you bozos. Okay, watch Turn and don't listen to Rates and Barrels. Remember that. <laughs> you know, we all work for the same company, and you know you're the boss at that company. So please do listen to Rates and Barrels and listen to us. How about that? All right, and Fantasy in Fifteen, and Fantasy in Fifteen, and the and the Modica show. Who my cousin said loves Modica, thinks he's a genius with the pitching. Oh, Modica! I mean, Modica won. I think he's. I think he said this publicly, so it's okay. It was in a tweet, like almost six figures in fantasy baseball last year. So I don't know why people Damn. are listening to us instead of him, but you know, there you go. There we <laughs> go. Modica, he's the man. Uh, so on today's show. Uh, we're going to get into what's happened since we last met last week. Ian's up to some shadiness, and we're going to call him out on it. Okay. Um, Ian was scouted, so we're going to get into that a little bit. What? Uh, pub- publicly scouted. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you didn't know? Yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I was. It's true. Uh, the, the Athletics Top 100 Sports Movies came out. Um, we want to get into one particular one that Ian doesn't seem to like. And then uh, if we if we have some time. The Stratomatic Sim is running. There were some interesting stats that came out of that uh, from the first week of it. Um, we're obviously doing OTP, which we're going to get into in a second, uh, which ties into Ian's shadiness. And right before the show, some news came out about uh, a couple things about the Major League season, a couple rumors as we start to get yeah. closer and closer to some kind of resolution happening. So we'll hit at that at the end. But uh, first and foremost, DVR, uh, if people listen to this on iTunes and they want to get uh, into The Athletic, I know. Look, I know. There's a. You can go to any column anywhere and just click on something, and there's a free 90 day trial. But there's also 40 percent off, which I think ends up, if you feel like jumping in without testing it first, maybe overall better deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's the one thing to look at is if you've been thinking about it for a while and you still want the discount, theathletic.com/slash/fantasy/baseball/podcast is the way to do that. But I'm, I'm glad we're doing the 90 day trial right now. I think. Given the circumstances for a lot of people, spending extra money on anything isn't really an option right now. So I'm just glad we can provide content to people who are kind of on the fence for these next few months. It'll be good times, I promise. I've seen stuff that's coming down the pipeline. It's all very good. All right, let's get what's happening since we last met. Ian Khan still has not done the George Washington live stream, so I'm just yeah, up on that. It's not going to happen. That's why, because I'm not going to do oh. the George Washington live stream. No, I'm not going to do that. I, I just, I, you know, even though my mom and you both came up with the same idea within 24 hours, two um, of the three most yes. important people in your life, Ian. It's true. T- right. Two of two of the two. It's you and my mom. Forget my kids. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> it's not, it's my mom who I speak to on a regular, regular basis, and uh, Nando, my man, the godfather. Well, I was throwing James my- Anderson in there. Ding. He's, to he's a top five person in Ian's life, I think. James? Top five person in my life? Yeah. Uh, so certainly top five. How about this? Certainly top five person in my fantasy baseball life without question. I mean, that would be an interesting, that would be an interesting little list we could do for next week. Top five fantasy people in your, fantasy baseball people in your life. That would be very, very hard. It would have to be you two for me. Gosh, I think I'm going to do All it right, right we, now. Maybe we Here exclude we us. Oh, okay. So because it's too obvious because we're constant. All right. So top. Well, yeah, five. And also, yeah, I'd, I'd like you to spread your humility around to some other people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's show. Uh, Next week's show. Interesting twist. Uh, as we're on the show together and we're friends. Uh, before the show, I think Ian brought up the the, the brackets that are going on with. Um, Oh crap! I forgot his name. And he's Chris from from baseball. His Twitter handle is Baseball Pods, but his That's name's it. Chris. And yeah, he he kind of writes summaries for the shows he listens to, and basically just supports the work of many people in the industry. I was surprised when he built the bracket that there were sixty four different shows on there. Like that kind of surprised me. I knew there were a lot of fantasy baseball pods out there. 
I would have thought it was probably closer to like a 32 uh, entry bracket, but that's nah, awesome. 64 makes sense. I, I will say the baseball prospect 361, which is Tim McLeod and Rich Wilson being the 16th, a 16 seed is a little crazy because that's a, that's a very well-loved show and a good show too. I mean, you get Tim McLeod, Tout Wars winner, labor winner, nicest man in the industry. God, he's got to be my top five. What am I even oh, kidding? Yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait for your top five. It's going to be my top five is going to be tough. I'm going to have to have like honorable mentions and stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, how do I not? People tied for fifth. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. And we have to do it in no particular order. Well, I'm going to say this right now. Tim McLeod is going to be number one, actually. So let me say that. Tim McLeod is going to be number one. Ian's going to find you- like a customer service rep at CBS. And, just, and that's going to make his top, like his top tied for five. Listen, there was a guy named Philip that I spoke to at ESPN recently who was fantastic. He was unbelievable because I forget what what the issue was. Oh, the draft room wasn't opening and I called him and it was like on, you know, it was like two hours before the draft and nobody could get into the draft room. And the guy's name was Philip. He was from Colorado. Very nice man. Married two kids. We had a nice, we had a nice engagement, but he's not going to make my top five. I don't know if this is a made up story or if it's true. That's a made-up story. All right. <laughs> Very true, man. <laughs> you really do like spending time on the phone. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> what I really like doing is spending time on the Under the Radar Fantasy Ian's, Baseball Podcast. Ian's the guy who you text him and he calls you, I bet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Episode, what yeah. The, why, I mean, you were texting me this week about something. I was like, just call me. Nando, I know you're home. I, I know your ass is home. Most of the time, I got a baby sleeping on me. Yeah, all right. Or, you know, we're watching something. I'm like, oh, really? you know, I'm not interested. Your baby sleeps on you all the time? They put the baby in the crib, bro. Well, she does. She does like an hour in the crib, and then she cries a little bit. I'm like, oh, let me just see. And then oh, she falls asleep sweet. for another hour. It's that's adorable. sweet stuff, man. Babies are cool. Young young babies, like, now, I mean, I got two kids now. They're 10 and 7, so they're like they're like people. But babies aren't like people. They're like, they're like you know, teddy bears that cry. It's adorable. Yeah, right. it's sweet. Yeah. Sweet time. Uh, DVR, I want to start going back to this podcast thing. So we're going up, our, our entire The Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast family is going up against Tony Sincata. Um, and as you guys know, like I, I hosted with Tony Sincata for two years on SiriusXM, uh, so I'm not going to campaign against my friend. And I think, do you guys think that's right or wrong? I mean, I don't want to seem like disloyal to the show, but if, you know, one of us moves on, you know, in five years has to go up against Under the Radar... I don't think you'd campaign against under the radar, right? No, I agree. It feels it, weird. It, this is it's, it feels to me. Look, it feels to me like this is a great opportunity for um, people to listen to other shows, right, and to get to know other shows. It's it's not ter- not terribly serious, um, but it's fun. It's more fun than anything else. Uh, like the uh, like the comedy one, the comedy movie one, which I'm enjoying that Ryan Hallam put together. I'm enjoying that. That's that's really enjoyable. So look, we we're, we're at a unique time in our. We will look back on this time that we're living in right now. We will remember it like people remember where they were when JFK was killed, where when you walked on the moon for the first time. All the big stuff that's happened. This is the big thing that's happening in all of our lives, and we're going to look back on this time. We got to get through it, you know, and, and fortunately, there's a lot to be grateful for because a lot of stuff is still working. If the Internet wasn't working right now, this would be a very different experience. But last night I got on the FaceTime with my older brother, Joe, his wife and two daughters, man. We had the best time. It was just it was awesome. It was like I was in the room with them. We did FaceTime at like 1030 at night after the kids went to sleep. And uh, so there's there's positives from it. We got to figure out what we're grateful for as we, you know, that there's that crazy moment. Sorry, I'm going on one of my things. But so a DVR crazy... cut it out. Yeah, great, good news, smart, probably <laughs> wise at least. There's that moment that happens when you wake up in the morning, right, where you just wake up and like you're a human being for a second, and then you remember, like, oh snap, damn, what, what's going on? Wait, we can't, right? So that moment happens, and it's like, oh damn, and you pick up your phone and you look at Twitter, and you're like, oh man, boom, 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 boom. So I, I think a helpful tip that someone shared with me. Is just like before you even pick up your phone, just to start your day off right. It's like, you know, throwing a strike at the first pitch of an at-bat. Just think of three things that you're grateful for. For me, it's kind of simple and obvious, which is the health of my family, right? Like that's really big and that we have enough food and we have, you know, life. So find like three things. Do that quickly at the top of your day. It'll set you off in the right path. It really will because it can be really hard and people can deal with depression and anxiety. So this will just one little boop. A little help to start your day. Well, I don't know how to follow it up with a joke, so thanks, Ian. Good. You're welcome. <laughs> Good. Okay, look, can we get all right, so Ian got his monologue, DVR got his sappy column. Is that out of everybody's system now? Can we have some fun? 
Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> Under the radar. Under I really radar. wanted to do the. I wanted to do the opening. I'm gonna do one in the next few weeks. You can where, take us out if you'd like. No, no, no. I just want to do it and see if people can tell the difference, or how long it takes. They will be able to tell the difference, but how long it will take them to well, tell? Well, now the that you told them, they're gonna be listening. It's true. So now we're. But it's April Fools. We should have done it today. It's April Fools. Dumbass. It should have been today. I was talking to myself. What are you dumbass. thinking, man? Yeah, come on. Come on. That was the day. All right, back Welcome to Under the Radar. Here we go. Your favorite show on the Fantasy Baseball Network. Don't listen to Ray Tabals. My friend as always in yours, Ian Khan. Your friend in mine, Derek Van Riper. No, no space in the middle. See, not, not really that good. All right, let's talk some baseball. Well, you weren't ready. I mean, if you write it down, I think, and you got, you know, I think it'll be better. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, fair enough. That's anyway, fun anyway. It's fun moving on. No, no. Our Out of the Park League. Uh, which we're all in. So this is very cool. I think we mentioned a couple times on the show, we're playing out-of-the-park baseball. It's a sim league. Um, you could The way I've always played is me uh, against like the computer inside the sim, but there's a function where you can do it with 30 live owners. And we got like, Eno actually did a lot of this gathering, brought in like most of the beat writers. So we're actually playing against the beat writers of their own teams, um, which is cool all by itself, but trading is open. Um, so Ian and I made the trade that we referred to last week. Ian didn't have the cold feet that it sounded like you had on the last show. No, I didn't have cold feet. I was Very excited happy. about it. Very happy. And yeah. it also turns out, uh, I unloaded some salary onto you and the white socks. Is that what it's about? No, it's, it's not. Salary, I, just, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I would, I would take Larry right. Garcia no matter what. I wanted Eduardo Escobar. So there we go. I, even though the sim is not very kind to Eduardo Escobar, I still like it because now I'm going to move Moncada to second. And Escobar to third, um, and because also Edwin Encarnacion like tore tore something, so he's out like seven weeks, uh, which is annoying. So I had to I had to get another bat, and I'll wait for Nick Madrigal to show up, and then you know we'll figure it out from there. You don't have to wait; you can you can pull him up whenever you want. Yeah, but he's only like a forty out of eighty, and his potential is sixty five. And I kind of have this feeling like I should probably let him sit down there for a little while. Maybe his maybe it'll grow. I don't I don't exactly know how the sim works, but that's it does. How it, it actually works. does. You get these updates right. like oh he's moved from a whatever to a whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. kind of hoping for and counting for. I don't know how they have Eduardo Escobar as a forty five. That doesn't make any sense to me. It does um, to me. That's why I unloaded him. <laughs> that's not why I unloaded him. Like I knew he was in the, I knew he was a forty five, but I didn't know that he was a forty five. Yeah, well, anyway. hopefully, I mean, the guy had 35 home runs last year. I don't know what, with, with like a 283 average and an 830 OPS. But, you know, there, there are things like Andrew Vaughn is a future potential 60, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but maybe that's just, you know, they're, they're taking in speed into account. I'm not sure. Mm, defensive limitations being like a first base only guy, maybe. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm kind of spitballing at that one, too. Like as a hitter, though, like from a rotisserie ceiling standpoint. There's a really good bat there. Yeah, really good. Really good. Uh, DVR, now that you've chimed in, uh, I want to ask you some questions about your jerks and Profar shopping. Um, you tried to trade them to me, and when I said I was holding on to David Peralta, you're like, oh, never mind. I didn't hear from you again. So uh, I, I also know you were trying to, you're trying to shop them to Ian. Uh, what are you hoping to get for jerks and Profar? By the way, DVR is general manager of the San Diego Padres. Good team to be. Do you not like him? Do you not like him or is he just not fit? Do you like someone better? I think it's one of those things where I don't want to platoon at too many spots. And I think that team is, in my mind, you have sunk costs with Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. And that doesn't mean you have to play both of them in the starting lineup. It means platoon them, make the world's most expensive first base platoon that still at least put together is like an average or better combined player, right? But when you start platooning at, at multiple positions, I got a couple outfielders I'm trying to work in you kind of run out of spots where you can do that effectively. And I'm also using a six man rotation. So I think what it comes down to is just wanting to find one second baseman. I can play more than I can play pro far. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I, this is not helping my case in, in dealing him, but you, you know, we're on different ends of how we view jerks and pro far as a player. I, I think he's a average regular at best, but more likely a below average player, especially against righties. I like him more on the small side of a platoon. I just don't think my roster's built in a way where I can get away with that. Well, who did you want from the Diamondbacks? I don't like. I don't like. I don't like the Diamondbacks. I was assigned the Diamondbacks, so I, I'm pretty good trading away all of my hitters. 
I do like Peralta. I like the only reason I wouldn't trade Peralta is because I need that big bat in the middle of the lineup. Um, but uh, you know, I'd like to keep Kettle Marte and Starling Marte because they're good. But uh, you know, besides that, I'm, I'm pretty much open to trading anyone. So the weird thing about the Padres is that other than a corner outfield upgrade or upgrading second base, like they're pretty well locked in at most spots. You know, catcher they've got the great defender and hedges, but they also have a, a hitter on the rise in, in Francisco Mejia. The left side of the infield's covered with Machado and Tatis. The FAM trade, I think, addressed the pretty big need, as did the Trent Grisham trade, uh, as far as infusing a lot of OBP and giving them a center fielder they can trust. So I just look, I look at right field and second base as my two trouble spots. I, I guess I, I'm just not finding good matches, so I, I might be stuck with Profar, and it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but I'm going to probably play Josh Naylor a lot. Like That was the thing that I'm probably doing differently than other people who'd be running the team. I think a lot of people would look at that and say, play Will Myers in right, and you can do that if you have to. You can play him in right against lefties and play somebody else at first base, potentially. Like Brian Dozier's on that roster. I, I, just, I don't like how they've handled that position at all. But Naylor gets on base. He's a hit-tool-first sort of player. He is a bad defender in the outfield. But I think he fits the mold of what they're trying to do as a team overall. I mean, look at his OBPs in AA and AAA the last two years, 383 and 389. And this is a guy that makes a lot of contact with the more lively ball in the big leagues. If they're still using anything that resembles the 2019 ball, I think we could see more power than ever from Naylor, even though he's you know a lefty and left-handed power in that park does get suppressed. Man, I really want Profar. It sounds like you just don't want him. I just I I know you guys like him more than me, and that's my motivation. It's not that I have to get rid of him. Uh, so it, the problem I think is that our teams don't necessarily match up well on a trade. Would you have taken Eduardo Escobar for Profar straight up? Yeah, absolutely. How about Yasmani Tomas? He's a left fielder. No, 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 <laughs> no to, Tomas is the the type of player who does not work in uh, in the San Diego outfield rotation. You know who this team, they don't like Merrill Kelly at all, uh, this game. They got Merrill Kelly starting in the minors in Reno, which I found interesting. Yeah, you could probably run a six-man rotation if you wanted to. What's the, what's the advantage in the simulation of running the six-man? So for me, one, right? I, I think for me it's to actually get to the, the depth of in the system, and I want to promote Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore is going to be my number two starter, and I want wow, to limit okay. his innings a little bit. Uh, I actually should find out if the sim cares about innings restrictions for young pitchers. I would assume it accounts for it in some way. I'm going to have to check with the commission on that. Uh, if it doesn't, then, you know, Zach Davies is on the trade block and he's no longer my sixth starter. But uh, the Padres are fun for all the reasons we've talked about. Of I mean, course. They, they, they have depth, they have prospects to trade. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs as they're built. I think I can move future pieces the teams who want them to upgrade spots on the roster it's the matter of figuring out like where i can get an upgrade and i think second base and right field are the two spots that i'm looking at as the easiest to upgrade right now hmm. i was looking at uh you know trade i put on the block louis robert louis robert and uh and got some real interest from him from some rebuilding squads the problem is you know you wonder are we playing we're just playing this year right and yeah then but i think baseball. we're trying to be i think we're trying to be Somewhat like if you know if your team's hopeless, then continue being hopeless and make some good trades for the future. Gotcha. Yeah, but I mean, if we're gonna play, we're gonna keep it going next year and the year after and the year after. I'm gonna I mean, guess maybe. no, but I mean, if I mean, it, it's fun. like there are some people in here who are really into it. So uh, yeah, it's true. But so if if there is a a way to you know win play for now is kind of fun, you know. Um, but then I was like, you know, what am I gonna give Louis Robert to the Marlins for Brian Anderson? Um, and like Pablo Lopez and, you know, it's, it's just not, it, it'll help me for this year. Maybe even that doesn't help me for this year, but it's hard. It's hard to figure out how you can, how you can make that move. So, but you want to, you want to, you know, you want to make things, uh, you want to make your team better this year. Speaking of the Marlins, I immediately, when this started, sent a note to, or who's running, uh, he's our, he's our <laughs> Dallas editor. Um, and he, uh, he's like, Oh, Lewis Brinson. Uh, I'm, Ian was asking about him. So I know you're up to something, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, right. No, no, yeah. no. He's a, I, or that's a, right, right. That's the guy's name. Yeah, we yeah. were, we were, we were slacking each other. Is that what you, is that what you do? You slack each other? Yeah, um, we were slack, slacking yeah. each other. 
And and I said, you know, I was trying to find like, all right, what's a match for Louis Robert? Well, if we're going to make a trade for Louis Robert, then I mean, Lewis Brinson should be in the deal, right? I've got to I've got to replace somebody to play center field this year. So I was talking to him about Monty Harris, and I was like talking about like a hall, right? Um, and he was like, yeah, Nando really wants Lewis Brinson, so I'd rather keep him out of the deal. I was like, actually, that's fine. I totally get it. Yeah, training Nando. So actually, no, Nando. Oh, I didn't know that. I, so yeah. I- so he's gone or or just worked you and me against each other and then tried to get so because what I did was I backed up, I was like, yeah, that's right. Nando likes I mean, I like Lewis Brinson. I was thrilled with what he was doing in the spring. We talked about it on the show, but I wasn't going to take him from you. That's your man. This should this should guy. This is uh, thank you for I mean, he, I guess he thought we wouldn't be talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> now we are on the show or we gotcha. We gotcha. Know. Yeah, <laughs> Take that. that's the hard part, right? You can't work, can't work your friends against each other because then they'll go. Did you say that? Like, no, I didn't say that. I went the other way. Uh, that's all right. Hey, he's playing. That's the way to play the game, though. That's how I would do it. Or's good, man. Or's scary, man. Like he's he's smart. Mm. All right, I'm glad we got past that. Yeah, totally. Now we can get past that as a family. Okay, we're good. I all right, let's good. move along then. <laughs> um, more. Uh, OTP trades. I just want to bring these up because they're interesting. I think they're kind of interesting to uh, to fantasy players, especially dynasty ones, because there are some names in here that are super deep. Um, speaking of the Rangers, uh, I wanted to Dolis Garcia, uh, and this is Mike Pialucci, who's the uh, I think the assistant managing editor for Texas uh, for Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth, whatever we call. It. I think we're pretty sure it's Dallas. Uh, so I just shot him a note. I'm like, hey man, like Adolis Garcia, and he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so uh, he gave me a couple <laughs> names. He, he, he had, <laughs> Seth Beer and uh, Paven Smith. And so I'm like, you could take Paven Smith. I don't, I'm not yeah, a not fan. Seth Beer. I couldn't give that up. Yeah, I wouldn't want to give Seth Beer. Because I know you've mentioned his name a bunch. You, I, I, actually, I think you told... Was that one of the names you spoke on MLB Network? Yes, because there was the trade. There was yeah. the trade that happened while I was on MLB Network. A trade went down where Starling Marte went from... Arizona to went from Pittsburgh to Arizona and I'm on the air with Brian Kenny, John Hart and Jason Stark and the trade was announced, but there was no announcement of who was coming back the other way. And I said, if they're not getting Christian Robinson in this trade, I don't know what's going on. They're like, wait, who? I said, Christian Robinson from uh, from the system. He's a top 12 prospect in baseball, maybe top 10 could be top nine. Um, I said, well, if it's not Christian Robinson, it's going to be Seth Beer. It's going to have to be Seth Beer. And they were like, who? And I was like, it's Seth Beer, you know, because they, actually it wasn't all of them because I think John Hart, actually, I think I might just be imagining that that's what yeah, they were saying. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like Jason Stark would know some of these names. Yeah, Jason Stark did know all of those stuff. <laughs> Jason Stark, actually, Jason Stark took me to task on something on that show that I went back and watched and I was like, oh, you know what, Jason Stark? You're right. You're right. I was wrong on that. I forgot what it was. Um, but Jason Stark's a sharp guy. I like that guy a lot. He was, he was lovely. Actually, Brian Kenny was awesome. And John Hart. Get it all out. Get it all out. Here comes wonderful, right? Dude, John Hart is the best. There you go. John Hart is the reason why Mike Soroka is on a number of my teams. Because he said he said, Ian, John, Mike Soroka is like a young Greg Maddox. I was like, wow. Good to hear. Yeah, really good. All right, uh, Texas was actually very busy. They traded Jake Latz and Nick Snyder uh, to the A's for Dustin Fowler. A's are being run by Melissa Lockhart, who's the the beat writer for the A's. The nicest Um, of people. Yes. But it's oh interesting. She made she made a couple moves. She also put Jorge Mateo on the trade block. And uh, Tim Britton, who's running the Mets, gave her Carlos Cortez and Franklin Parra for Jorge Mateo. Which So we can tie this all together in a second um, and get some opinion on some of these players if these trades were fair or good. Um, but I thought it was interesting that she wanted to trade Mateo as a uh, very big Franklin Barreto fan. It seems like she's choosing Barreto over Mateo. Uh, DVR, did you read that the same way? Is that I mean, is that, doesn't that if you like Franklin Barreto, doesn't this got to feel good to you? Like that, the person who knows the A's better than anyone in the entire world, you could argue, outside of people who work for the A's, um, chose Franklin Barreto over Jorge Mateo. Yeah, I think that probably says a lot in how the A's are probably viewing that situation that she played it that way. Uh, but I think it leaves us with this kind of ongoing question that we've had about Franklin Barreto off and on, pretty much since our podcast started around this time a year ago, is Franklin Barreto going to hit big league pitching? And I just don't think you can look at the first 209 plate appearances he's had scattered over three different seasons and draw a lot of conclusions from them, even though the numbers are awful. A 40.7% K rate, a 189-223-78 slash line. How much time is he going to get to show the A's that he's good enough to be 
a regular. I mean, he's 21% better than league average last year. From a fantasy standpoint, there was power, there was speed. He was an efficient base dealer, too. 15 of 16 as a base dealer is encouraging. And he was drawing more walks uh, at AAA each of the last two seasons than he ever really drew as a younger player with the Jays and even after that trade that brought him to the Oakland system. So are we looking at the upper-level minor league production at ages 22 and 23 and kind of projecting off of that? Or are we also incorporating some of the struggles he's had in those intermittent opportunities at the big league level? Was that a rhetorical question? Nah, it's a question for both of you guys. Like, what, how how do you how do you rectify like success repeating AAA when it comes interspersed with really bad numbers and limited chances in the big leagues? Like, I I think I'm guilty of this in the case of like Kyle Tucker. I, I see what I want to see sometimes, and I I think the the general feeling I have is that you want to trust the larger volume of playing time in the upper levels of the minor leagues more than the very limited volume of playing time in the big leagues. But, I mean, Ian, is that how you look at it? I mean, A.J. Reed just retired, man. Oh, he was one of March 4th. I mean, he just quit playing baseball for this same reason. Now, I'm not comparing Barreto to that. And Melissa, I remember two years ago, I was in a, I'm in a dynasty league with Melissa and I was trying, I had Jorge Mateo and I offered her Mateo and she said, no, not a fan. Not, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to pan out in the way that uh, other people think that he might. So why don't you just keep him for another team? And I was like, okay, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) You would know better than me. I was like, get Mateo off this team. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, A.J. Reed is that story. He was the masher of all mashers coming out of college. Second round pick came into, you know, he was what Andrew Vaughn was supposed to be. And mashed in A-ball, double-A, even triple-A, got up to the majors and just couldn't keep up. And so is now out of baseball, retired at but you know what, age me, of 26. Let me frame this a little bit, like, because I had a mailbag question about Kyle Tucker um, in the latest mailbag. And uh, and you like you look at what Kyle Tucker was doing. So first of all, I went back to look at Kyle Tucker. Uh, like I saw it. Sickles wrote about him. I, I tried to look up some prospect stuff and see what his ETA was, MLB Pipeline. Everyone had his ETA as 2018. So, and then you look at what he did last year, and he essentially wasted 2019 in the minors. The dude could have been contributing to the Houston Astros, although there really wasn't room for him to do it. But then you got to wonder, like, was there not room for him to do it because they were cheating? So I went through and I looked at, like, all, like, Derek Fisher is going to be starting for the Blue Jays, probably going to have a good year. A.J. Reed sadly retired. Tyler White was okay for a second last year and then got hurt. Um, spent a little time with the Dodgers, whatever, whatever. John Singleton, I mean, now that they've changed the marijuana policy, he got screwed pretty hard. Uh, Rogelio Armantos has been, Amteros has been stuck down there. Forrest Whitley, J.D. Davis they messed up. J.D. Martinez they messed up. So I really think that the Astros are to blame for, like, I'm sorry, I've gotten us completely off track, but a lot of these Astros who, who were doing exactly what DVR described pop up for a second, play intermittently, get shoved back down to PCL, are amazing, come back up, play intermittently, and it just repeats itself, man. I even think like George Springer at the start might have been like one of those guys who got choppy playing time, couldn't get into a groove, and then they just get lost. So I'm blaming the Astros for a lot of this, but uh, DVR, sorry, I know exactly what you're saying. And I'm more Bretto, full-time playing time, will mature, get better, and be awesome. Okay, I also I mean, hate I'm Astros looking do. at I'm looking at Kyle Tucker right now. These numbers in the minors are kind of stupid, silly. That's what I'm saying. Like they wasted, like they either wasted trade capital, or they wasted him. Yeah, they're not going to trade him because Reddick only has one more year left on the contract, right? And it's an expensive contract. And Reddick is a, a good baseball player, not a good fantasy player, but you know, good in the field, good, good teammate, good cheater. Um, no, I, I didn't say that. I didn't mean. See, I didn't mean. Um, but Tucker in AAA. <laughs> Tucker in AAA, 463 at-bats with 34 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Damn. That's... Right? That's... Yeah, but my problem with Tucker is I just... I don't like his swing. And I don't say this about a lot of guys, but, like, I I just don't... I look at him and I go, is that ever going to work? Now, but those numbers suggest that it really can work. But who knows when he comes up? But I've never taken... uh, DVR, you love Kyle Tucker? You have loved Kyle Tucker? Why do you love Kyle Tucker? It's just that power-speed combo. I think the swing is something that has bothered people uh, ever since he was drafted. And the thing I can't figure out from last season, is I've, I've looked this up before, but 
Josh Reddick from May 1st on. Like He had a good April, and, and that was seemingly enough to kind of keep Tucker down to begin the season since Tucker had been in the big leagues previously. Maybe service time was part of the initial calculation. Why did the Astros, if they're so smart, for five months last season, let Josh Reddick continue to play when he was below league average? He had an 83 WRC+. plus. He had 259 with a 300 OBP and a 393 slugging percentage over five months. Like what what were they thinking? Like that's just kind of ridiculous, right? Like even if you're going to bat Kyle Tucker 7th or 8th, how do you not play him over Josh Reddick last year? That's the beauty of OTP is we can rectify these wrongs. Who, owns Who has the Astros? Al. Oh, Al, Al Melchior has the Astros. Yeah. And let's see if he's, is he going to be bringing up. I mean, he had a 1.4 war last year even with that poor hitting. He's got to be bringing him up. DVR, you can you can get Reddick for Profar. I don't want Reddick. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> I just want, I was just making the case for how bad he was for five out of six months know, last year. But I know <laughs> uh, it's just like it's funny though because I I can't trade with Al. I don't think because Al knows how much I like Kyle Tucker. He's he's heard me talk about him way too much. Like yeah, but if you no way hey, that hey let's do a three way trade. Let's do a four way trade. Okay, well, that's too much. No, it's no, it's just silly. You can't do a forward trade. But but if we did a trade where I gave Lewis Robert to the Astros, and he gave Kyle Tucker to you, and then you give me a pile of stuff, we can we can make a deal. If he likes Lewis Robert more, does he like Robert more than Tucker? It's a good question. In a sim, he might not because of the concerns about Luis Roberts' walk rate. Strike going out. to text him? <laughs> yeah. I'll text him. I'll find uh, out. Is this really going to be a four-team trade? Well, no, well I don't know how the Astros can get involved like- in that. Let's just figure out something that we can add so that we can throw Profar to Nando. Nando does need to get Profar in all of this. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it may just be me figuring out second base somewhere else and then coming back. And Yeah, but you have Dozier. You have Dozier as your starter anyway, and you're going to go with Dozier. You believe in that more than you believe in Profar. Do you? I don't, I don't want Dozier either. I, I really hate how they handled the position. I, I like I've got most Nick of Madrigal. what San Diego's done. I've he's got a, Nick Madrigal. He's another guy I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> just relative to the field, that is. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You like DVR. You're so bitter. No, no, I like Madrigal. Madrigal in fantasy is not ideal, right? But Madrigal in real life is amazing because he's, he's a ridiculous fielder, which in that format, in, in this simulation, works really well. Here's my problem with the simulation, though, is like I love Profar and I believe in him, but I think the sim numbers they use and the projections they use don't. So what, I don't know if there's is, room for Profar to be awesome, like I think he could be in real life, in fantasy, as he would be in the sim, if that makes sense. Well, that's, that's a possibility, but I'm looking at his grades right now. His hitting ratings, 50 contacts, 60 gap power, 50 home run power, 55 I, yeah. and a 60 avoid Ks. It's pretty good. Don't try and so, work your guy up. Try to pump. He's got, where, a, he's got a fifty-five overall and a fifty-five potential. I mean, all right, he's got a 50, 55 I, overall back. right now. Yeah, I, I, you know what I should do? I should probably just ignore like what he's done and think about how the game's going to process nah, him and just play need, him. You don't need Profar. I can trade you for Profar. Come on, I'll trade Maybe. you for Profar. DVR. I'll trade you for Profar. Well, you, you just dropped it after Peralta. You didn't even counter. You're like, oh, see seriously. You later. Talk to you on Wednesday. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> all right all right so all right we'll we'll we'll, we'll see if there's a if there's a, a fit to be made and we, we will fill in next week yeah uh i'm just gonna jump to the other sim real quick because just tie it in and then, then i want to get to ian getting scouted and see how true this this might be i want to see what dvr thinks of these scouting notes on ian uh really quickly the Strat- stratomatics also doing a sim um uh and actually score sheets doing a sim too an interesting one using the stats from like a random assortment of, of weeks last week but the players you drafted this year, they're calling it the exhibition season, which is very cool. Um, and I missed the first week because I wasn't paying attention to their emails, but whatever. Uh, anyway, Stratomatic Sim. Uh, you can go to Strat- dash, just Google, just Google Stratomatic Sim. It's, <laughs> this is going to take too long to read with all the dashes. But uh, so far this season, up to date, up to March 31st, Ryan McMahon has scored eight runs. Manny Machado has seven doubles. Eloy Jimenez has five home runs. Believe Jorge it. Soler is destroying everything in his path. He's got 69.6 runs created, which I think doubles the next highest guy. He's like he's got a crazy OBP, crazy OPS. Um, and Carl Edwards, which I thought was funny, has three <laughs> wild pitches. Um, 
DVR, is anything weird there to you? Is anything kind of heartening to you? Or is this just like, hey, it's a week, let's let's chill? Um, I do think the sim is just kind of fun because it, it fills our, our need for box scores and, and fresh stats. Like, that's that's sort of where I, I've placed that. And I think it's sort of one of those things that it... It might make me think twice about some players just because it's gonna it's gonna throw out names that I don't think as much about. Like I have this belief that when I look at the player pool, I get focused on a certain like a certain thirty five or forty percent of it as you know my guys, and then the guys I'm clearly avoiding. But that leaves more than half the pool of guys I don't think enough about. And if they're doing really well or if they're doing really poorly in the sim, it's almost like an excuse to dig into some players that I had sort of brushed aside if that makes any sense yes <laughs> just I'm rethinking their roles and, and digging into their skills like the sim itself is not going to make me say oh you know ryan mcmahon drove in 37 runs in april i gotta draft ryan mcmahon but if i wasn't thinking a lot about ryan mcmahon prior to seeing that i might look at his stat cast page and say actually i do really like ryan mcmahon he hits the ball very hard he doesn't strike out uh, a ton if you look back at his minor league profile maybe there's some improvement still as a big league hitter and he's in Colorado where balls in play get rewarded more than they do anywhere else so it's it's more like a, a path into analysis rather than something that brings me to meaningful conclusions on its own right like what are they either batting Ryan McMahon lead off like why does he have eight runs scored and then you got who's driving him in too kind of there's a little tree you can make out of it Nolan Arenado I the, I the Paul Sporer last night was posting posted a card of Pedro Martinez from the 80s or 90s actually um and I was a huge Stratomatic kid growing up and it like brought back all these memories seeing the card and so Glenn Colton and Paul and I were and Joe Sheehan were we were all sort of like going down memory lane of Stratomatic growing up because that was fantasy baseball growing up for me was Stratomatic Baseball. It was, it was, I loved it. I, I'm going to have to get back into it. I'm going to call my brothers and be like, yo, guys, let's just get it going. Let's get it going again. Because it was so much fun. Strato's great. It's I just played. great fun. It's great fun. It's really, it was. Old, you know the stats already, you know? But we, no, but see, what ends up happening is it's all dice rolls. So, like, you could have, like, a really good card. Like, you hit 320 with 39 home runs. Um, but you got to roll, you know, and so your season can end up and you could end up hitting 240. Nah, not 240. You'll get close to what the numbers are on the card. It's it's really it's really cool. I and mean, we used to like make all-star teams and pick guys out of uh, pick because there were cards and you'd pick guys out of the paper bag. And the trick was, don't tell my brothers, I would always feel around for the cards that had been used a little bit because that means that they weren't crappy players. So you like feel around for a second and you, oh, there's a card that's been obviously flipped a bunch of times. All right, I'm going to take that guy. And it would be like, you know, Don Mattingly. Awesome. Oh, fun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Con, cheater. Messed up. Yep. Oh, man. I, I, I pulled a trick on my younger brother when I was a kid, but I can't go into that. He's still pissed about it. Something Strato-related. Stratomatic football-related. All right. We got, we got a little time left. I want to know if, Ian, you dropped that news in the bottom, but there's also an Ian scouting report. It's, well, let's do the news real quick. You. Before Who cares about my scouting report? But I do, actually. The, I, think it's, I, th- uh, I want to hear if okay. DDR agrees with this take on you. Okay, but there are yeah, two. Yeah. But let me read this part. Two items are becoming more and more probable if there's going to be a major league season this year. One, it's going to begin without crowds, which I think would be awesome, actually. And two, it's going to begin without a standard minor league feeder system. The thing that interested me is I'm kind of I, I think it's very unlikely anyway, but the without crowds, I think it'll be awesome because we could hear the players on the field, right? You suck, you know. Like if a pitcher like brushes back a player, like instead of hearing the crowd go, Whoa, you're going to hear the players having these conversations. It would be so awesome. I would love that so much. I think it'd be pretty cool. That's the only way they can do it. That's the only. But then, so I got to write the column on it because but people have been asking for it um, about how to like what's going to happen. What are the scenarios that are going to play out? And the more I think about it, the most likely scenario is neutral sites. Um, with not a lot of travel, probably the two spring training sites still, which are going to change all kinds of park effects and no fans. But the problem maybe, is the pro- maybe you open up the World Series to fans, but I, I can't see it. Going but the problem is, how way. are the players not going to get sick traveling around? You know what I'm saying? That's they're the not going to travel. That's that's why Arizona and Florida. That's it. Yeah, if they I, did, if they did somehow control it to the spring training locations, you would take airports out of the equation. You would have a lot more control over 
exposure that but way. But there would still be face-to-face contact with the players. And then all of a sudden, like, a guy's not hurt because he, you know, pulled a hamstring. He's in the hospital for COVID-19. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, th- this has to be late. It has to be July. It has to be August. And it has to be, like, the the pandemic has is l- under control and we're just being safe now. You know what I'm saying? Which isn't going to happen. <coughs> it's still going to be Probably not. There. Yeah, it probably will. Anyway, but fun to think about, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. But so I'm gonna have I'm gonna be mapping out like seven different scenarios of how this can all play out. Um, but I think the most realistic is no fans in spring training sites, and that's gonna require like so much. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to go on Google Maps to figure out park effects of a lot of these spring training parks. I think because I don't think anyone's park done spring training park effects yet. I don't know. I don't know that park effects is gonna. I mean, I guess it does matter. I guess it does matter to a certain extent. But yeah, it would actually. So if you have a guy who's like a San Francisco. San Francisco Giant, but who cares about the San Francisco Giants anyway? I mean, really. Ah, it, look, what, Darren Ruff. <laughs> it always comes back to Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff. Jurix and Profar. Yeah, well. So what? So what if it does? <laughs> Under the radar. All right, yeah. Uh, DVR. I don't know if you read that. Did you read this? I didn't put the link in the rundown, so I don't know if you read this. Um, but I, I caught. I don't know how I caught it, but uh, Ariel Cohen wrote his Tower Wars recap and he scouted everybody. He said part of it was his second, but it was his second Tower Wars recap. He did his own Tower Wars recap and then he did a Tower Wars recap on every, on all of his opponents, which was shocking to read. I was like, Nicole was like, what are you reading? I was like, hold on a second. And she was like, what are you reading? I said, I'm reading a review. It's like getting reviews. Like when I used to do theater and you'd get reviews and it's like, all right, how did I do? And you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. It is. So DVR, instead of having Ian reply to this immediately, uh, I would like you to just kind of, you know, one one to ten scale of if you think this is true or not. Well, you should probably share it, right? Uh, just to let people know the things that are in it, right? So it starts, uh, Ian well, yeah, was so scouted I was, by... I was gonna, oh, you're going to read it, okay. Yeah, and then have you comment on it. Sure, okay. <laughs> so each sentence. That's a, No, this is way more involved than, yeah. Uh, no, right? just read the whole freaking thing. Yeah, just go read for the it. Whole Ian, freaking should thing. make Ian read this? No, no, don't oh, make you're right. him read he'll, it. He'll 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 uh, sway the jury with his inflections. All <laughs> That's right, true. I will. All right, DVR uh, one to ten on uh, Ian Ianness. His energy is high and positivity continually emanates from him. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, ten. I mean, we need a number. Yeah, we'll say ten. All right. <laughs> what I've what I've gathered about Ian is that the psychology, and that was in italics of the auction is quite important to him. By trade, he is an actor, which also plays into his personality and further verifies my intuition on him. Well, the psychology aspect is probably a 10 also. Yeah. Um, he is an actor. That's also he is, a 10. He is an actor. So that's a 10. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering what the, the intuition was here pertaining to Ian being an actor, though. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just... This, this is going is, in order. His intuition, like I think, was dreadful. I think it was the psychology dreadful. part. Oy vey. Oy okay. vey, as my people say. Oy vey. Keep going. Just get through it. <laughs> I noticed that Ian often nominated players that he did not want to purchase. Interesting. That was true in yeah. this particular auction. That was, that was something he did. Ian likely found upper-tiered starting pitching to be overpriced, significantly higher than his computed auction values. It tells me that Ian is most likely a quote-unquote value drafter. Oh, I think that's sort of true, like mostly true, like a six or a seven. But I think that that kind of shoehorns Ian into a system that Ian doesn't use, in my opinion. I think Ian has his own approach to player analysis that's not just like, these are my values and I'm saving $4 here, so I'm buying this guy. Yeah, that's Uh, true. But I think Ian's Ian's not like, he's not dismissing pricing and how everybody else handles players relative to getting the best possible team. So it, it again, mostly true, probably like a six or a seven. Um, so I forgot that the rest of that was about Stank, Frank Stanfield. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, we can read this again about Ian and then just don't talk and we can listen to the steam coming out of his ears if you'd like. You know, no, I'm not like steam. I'll tell you. No, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it, what was interesting to me was that he sat and watched my AL labor auction for five hours just to watch how I he suggested to watch how I did it and to see if he could pick up any tendencies in that 
That's some remarkable scouting on his part to take that amount of time. There is something that he said that I found. I was like, yeah, he's right. I don't often nominate players that I want to purchase so far. I'm going to have to change that now. Uh, There's a reason for that. If I nominate a player that I want very much, and this is early in the draft, later in the draft, of course, we're nominating players that we want because we want to get it at a low number, different. But he's talking about beginning of the draft and midway through the uh, auction. What I'm trying to do during those periods of time is to, as we talked about on the show, ride whatever the rhythm is of the of the auction. So if if I think this player, this type of player is over being overspent on, I'm going to add more of them to it because I want to get that money off the table as much as I can. And also, I also find that if I nominate a player that I really want, other people are going to bid me up higher on him because they know I want him. Like I look at somebody, if, if someone, um, Andrea Lamont loves Trevor Bauer so much, like she loves Trevor Bauer. It's one of the funniest things Lenny Melnick ever said to me before Tout Wars last year. He goes, you know, uh, he, she, he goes, you know, my uh, Andrea, if you want to drive her crazy, that Trevor Bauer, she just, she loves him so much. And I was looking at AJ Mass and I said to AJ, I was like, did he just like tell us something to help us or is he screwing with us? Because that doesn't make any sense. We get into the auction, Trevor Bauer starts. And she's just, she, she nominates Trevor Bauer and she just bids, 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 bids. And she got him. And I was like, oh, he was telling the truth. Look at that. AJ and I looked at each other across the table. I was like, wow, look at that. So I find if there's a guy I really want, I don't want everyone to know that I want him. And by nominating that person and then bidding on that person, it raises their price for me. That's what I've noticed. Uh, I'd rather come in, I'd rather hear someone else put out the guy and then I just kind of slowly slide my way in. And make it seem like, hey, I'm just I'm just putting in my number. Yeah, I want to, you know, I think it's a fair number. All right, now I want this guy. So I'd rather come at it that way than being the person who puts him out for auction. And then I'm going to get him. I just think that it, it ends up costing you in the long run. You know what I think was a flaw in uh, Ariel's uh, analysis of everybody? And I mean, this is through no fault of his own because it's crazy to do it. But small sample. I mean, he only, I think he, he looked at Andrea Lamont's last year and this year. He looked at you this year. Um, like, he didn't go back far enough. Like, well, no, he point, did go like, to last year's. He went to last year's draft as well. Look, yeah, I, I'm impressed. One year. The only problem back, is. Like five, six years, man. Andrew Lamont's been doing this for a long time. Going to Jerry Maguire real quick, right? Just because it relates. <laughs> just because it relates. In sure Jerry it Maguire. <laughs> totally. No, watch, watch, watch how it relates. At the beginning of Jerry Maguire, he writes this manifesto about how we need to take care of our clients. We need to make less money. And then the other dude, the blonde guy, who I can never remember his freaking name. Jay Moore. Says, Jay Moore, thank you. And thank you, Nato. You always come through. Jay Moore says to him, you, and when he fires him, he's like, I got to let you go, Jerry. And he's like, what? He said, you said, you wrote, like, you said it. You actually said make less money in your manifesto and told everybody we should do that. You're, that was dumb. You shouldn't have done that. So here's the reality. Every time we're hanging out with all of our, our friends in the industry, like, yeah, okay, I know Glenn Colton is listening to the show and is using the information, right? And so, but whatever. But with Ariel now, like every time I see him, he's going to go, hey, Ian, how are you? I'm going to go, hey, how are you? And I'm not going to say a freaking word. Because I'm like, you're, you're just scouting me. Like, we're scouting right now. You're, you're just getting all the information on me. So, like, I'm not telling you a damn thing, Ariel. Because not only are you, are you going to use it against me, but you're going to tell everybody else what I do. So, even though we're cousins by, by you know, DNA, uh, no, 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 Ariel. Which, I'm, I'm only half kidding. I'm only half kidding, though. DVR, uh, are you upset that you weren't part of the scouting analysis here? <laughs> no, I'm not bothered by that. <laughs> I wish I wasn't part of the scouting analysis. I don't want everyone to know what, you know, what he, you know, what does he tell you? know, I got to try, I got to mess, I got to adjust things now. Uh, I want the scouting report to read DVR's trash. I don't care what he does. <laughs> it's too bad. You're not, well, though, I mean, sadly. You guys don't do the same exact strategy in every, I mean, no. by nature, what we do, we talk about who we like and, you know, fine. If, you know, if you want to try and bid me up, I will leave you hanging probably if you think I'm going to go $19 on a guy and you say 18 just to be funny and price enforce me, you're going to be screwed. Uh, but I mean, like, I, like when I'm in an auction, I, I don't have one strategy. People ask all the time, like my strategy is just not to have a strategy. Be like that little dot moving around the map all the time. Maybe, but what he just pointed out here is something that I knew, right? I, I put up Jack Flaherty. I wasn't going to buy Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty ended up going, I think, for $39. And I was delighted because I wasn't going to take him, but I wanted to put him out there because another pitcher had just gone and the bidding went nuts. So I was like, here's a guy that I'm not going to take. Let me get him out there and get more money off the table. Well, now he's just told everybody that that's what I do. He's right. He caught on to 
to what what it is and how it is that I do it. Uh, and so now I'm gonna have to adjust, and I will. And all of a sudden, people are like, "Well, Ian doesn't want that guy." I'm like, "Well, now now it becomes that you know, well, you think I'm this, so I'm gonna think this, and we think this, and I'm just gonna, I'm still just gonna get the guys that I really like." Yeah, right. I think no problem. This is your yeah, no, to it's a, not a problem. Rock paper scissors overthinking. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. So now I'm gonna put out Shohei Otani for nine dollars. Every once in a while, I do like Otani. I mean, I think it's good for people to not know if you are nominating players you like or nominating players you don't, but I think it's less damaging if your pattern is to nominate players that you don't want to own early on because there are still 11 or 14 other people in the room who are all bidding on that player anyway. So right. it's not And really- I nominate, I try to nominate guys that I know will get, although, hey, you know, he's wrong because in AL Labor, He's not right. <laughs> I so that's what I'm saying. Like I, it was a small sample. He's not he right. Just, yeah, he took one he's draft right from you and like two from Andrea. Mike Trout in the the first pick. I told I mentioned this on the show. Glenn Colton and and Rick Wolf. They gave me the honor of throwing out the first throw at, with respect to Laura Michaels, which I then did with Frank Stamfel. I wanted to do, but we couldn't because they won AL Labor, so they gave me the first throw. I won AL. I won head to head tout. I gave Frankie. The, I wanted to give Frankie the first throw. I nominated Mike Trout for $36 because I was on, I was like, I don't know. Jeez, I don't want to mess up. And I went Mike Trout, $36 and then 37, 38. And then it got to 41. And I knew that, that Tristan would take him for 47. So I said, Sarah said 42. I said 43 quiet. So I ended up getting the player. So Ariel, you're smart, but not always right. How about that? Cuz. Cousin. He does not like to be profiled. I guess no, not. No, it's okay. Man. Yeah. No, no, it's all <laughs> this right. This touched a nerve. I thought it was going to well, be no, fun it was, and happy. <laughs> no, no. Like I said, it was like being reviewed. And I was like, you know, because you know, what if he was like Ian Conn is a dumbass, which he didn't say, which I was. Uh, I was you like, read between you know, the lines a little bit. Nah, I think he was, he was respectful. He was respectful. He did Jerry Maguire, a highly overrated movie. Highly overrated movie. Look, if you watch it again, that is a movie of its time. It does not hold up. You're the one who has to leave. Uh, so, you know, I think we're about an hour right now. Yeah, I this do. Is, have I mean, to you're, leave. you're putting the nails in your own coffin if you want to rant on Jerry Maguire to end the show. Next week, next week on the show, uh, Ian's rant on Jerry Maguire for sure. All right. There it is. Uh, I think we got I think we got a lot of stuff out here. I think it feels feels good, right? DVR, you feel yeah, good? Yeah, good show. Yeah, feels great. Sun's coming through the clouds. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, for the. <laughs> For the really subtly, very angry Ian Khan. Not angry at all. See you and, next week. I and promise. the man hiding in the shadows, Derek Van Ryber. <laughs> I need to get some sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your good friend, Nana Nafino. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Check out the site, 90 Day Free Trial. We love you all. We'll see you later. See ya. <laughs>